Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. They say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, which is to say don't judge someone or something before you know them. I think we can apply that to the spirit world as well. Not all spirits or ghosts are bad or dangerous, right? In fact, like people, they can provide us with comfort at times, leave us gifts, possibly even help guide us, like little invisible angels. But like people, sometimes they just aren't what they seem. On the darkest hour, we explore both. We explore all. So, let's get started, shall we? Here's a story that still haunts me to this day. A little explanation of my room and the house I grew up in. I lived on the top right corner of the house. Two windows, a wall shared with my parents' room, my closet wall connected to my brother's room, and two walls facing the outside, each with a window. We only had one tree in our front yard, of which I was nowhere close to. My neighbors had a tree in their backyard, also unable to reach my room. I am also, if it wasn't clear, on the second floor of the house. Keep that in mind. I was in high school, sitting in bed one night, staying up late. I was about to fall asleep when I hear this long, loud, slow, scratching on my wall facing the street. It begins at the wall separating me from my parents' room, continued and ended at where the closet started. It went back and forth, probably three or four times, and stopped. It started at exactly 11 o'clock. It scared the piss out of me, but I tried to chalk it up as mice. The same thing happened again the following night, at the exact same time. This time, there was a shadow in the window. I always kept my blinds closed because the streetlights lit up my entire room. So you can imagine my horror when I looked at the window to see the well-defined shadow of some kind of creature as the sound of long, terrible scratches fill my ears. I didn't move. I blinked and the shadow was gone and the scratching stopped. My heart was pounding out of my chest as I prayed to God to save me. The next night, I was over it. I put salt on the windows and hung a cross on the drawstring of the blinds. I stayed up until 11, waiting for the scratching. It never came, and I haven't heard it since. I can't rationalize this one. I usually want to get rid of every possibility of a situation before I blame ghosts but I just can't explain this one. This story takes place in Sussex County, Delaware. This morning I dropped my father off at work. At the time, 
I thought it was strange that we hadn't seen any deer in or around the road, because the area surrounding the mill that he works at was usually swarming with them. There's no hunting allowed there, and there's no large natural predators for them to fear, really. Skipping ahead, after leaving the mill I dropped my father off at, I rode the winding road out, and to my left there's a massive field with two grain silos bordering its edge. On the leftmost side of the silo, there was a creature, about fifty yards out in the field. It was the size of a large dog. It had no visible ears, no tail. I couldn't make out any eyes or facial features. It had a relatively short muzzle. Its rear legs were longer than its front legs, making it almost slant downwards. It was black and seemingly non-reflective, almost giving me the feeling as though I was staring into a creature-shaped void. It was trotting along the field, but the way it moved was all wrong. It stepped first with its rear legs, and then the front, and the rear legs sort of flexed, as if they were wet noodles, which made me think that it was an injured dog at first, but it moved very quickly. I only saw the creature for 20 seconds or so, but I'm still shaken up. It's all I can think of, and I feel very unsettled and disturbed. What could this be? This, perhaps, is one of the most interesting things to ever happen to me in my 36 years in this realm. I have perhaps encountered a Sasquatch or a Freaky Bear, or perhaps had an experience with extraterrestrials, and I've definitely met some very strange, creepy people in Northern California. This experience, however, is just an experience I have no idea how to explain nor do I know what to think, nor do I ever want to think about it ever, ever again. However, I feel as if I have to get this one off my chest, because it is weird, and oftentimes I have very strange dreams that are involved around it, and it makes me believe, subconsciously, I suppose, that I have never dealt with the possible trauma from what happened. I was born and raised in New Mexico, and ended up moving to California with my father throughout the rest of my life, with the exception of some stints here and there due to jobs and whatnot. Normally, I avoided New Mexico like the plague. It's a haunted, godforsaken, rattlesnake-infested hellhole. My mother and my sister, however, just refused to leave the desolate wasteland, and so oftentimes, I have to go down there and visit. Especially when my mother got cancer. She's fine now. She had a tumor on her parathyroid, and it was removed, thankfully. So backstory over, onward with the actuality of what had happened. I was driving my piece-of-crap Honda down the highway when it just ran out of gas. I found that odd, because when I initially started the car, I had a quarter of a tank. But such is, I guess. It just sort of sputtered out in the middle of the highway, around the end of the road of the reservation. I knew that there was a gas station about a mile away, 
once I managed to get onto the highway. So I took the empty gas canister out of my truck and walked out into the heat. I had a backpack of Gatorades and water bottles to avoid heat stroke. I was aware that I could lose quite a bit of electrolytes very quickly. On the road I walked down, it was very complicated to call my sister Kelly to let her know where I was and what the situation was, because there just didn't seem to be a signal anywhere. I walked and I walked, sticking my thumb out to no avail. There were no reservation police or other passerby trucks. It seemed as if I was all alone, out in the brightness, the heat, on the most sunshiny day, in the middle of friggin' nowhere, New Mexico. As I walked and I walked, I saw a dead hummingbird on the ground. I found that very sad, at first. Yet as I walked further and further, I found it odd that there was even a hummingbird there in the first place. They're not typically seen in the area where I come from. They're not non-existent, but they're just super duper rare to see. There's not a bunch of what I would consider to be nectar that they seek, nor pollen from flowers which they desire. Further along, I continued down the open road with the sun beaming down on me. Soon after that, I saw another dead hummingbird. Now, I thought, this is getting weird. Weirder and weirder, perhaps. I suppose deep down I sort of subconsciously preferred to consider it just a coincidence. It was only after a few hundred yards more that I saw another one. And then shortly after, another one. And another. And then another. And then more. And then even more. It came to a point where the dead hummingbirds started to trail away from the side of the road and then make a trail off away and into the berm. This may have been a bad idea on my part, but my weakness has always been that my curiosity has preferred to get the better of me, which is what killed the cat. So, I followed the trail of dead hummingbirds. It was almost like a Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb trail. It seemed as if it was some sort of methodically laid out plan. Follow the dead hummingbirds if you dare. It went on and on until I passed the berm and completely away from the road and now out in the arroyo and deep down amidst the few sparse trees to and fro. And that was where I found it. It was... It was something. I'm not sure I could ever describe it fully. It was just like this, this strange pile of dead hummingbirds. Like, it was friggin' huge. Maybe about two feet from the ground. A huge, massive, disturbing pile of them. I sort of stood there rather perplexed. And I scanned all around the place to see if there was some sort of indication as to what had transpired. Yet, there was not a nothing Zilch. It seemed as if there was just an inexplicable pile of dead hummingbirds out in the middle of the desert. That's when the real weirdness happened. There was this very strange, shaky, quivering sort of hum that was more than just audible. No, this was also physical. I cannot say that the ground was shaking, 
I would rather say that it seemed as if my head was. I began to feel a bit nauseous, and the first thing I thought to myself was, get up on out of here. Like a coward, I did. I ran and I ran, and the worst decision I didn't even realize that I had made is I just started running randomly without any adherence to where I'd originally come from. Basically, I was just running in a direction without any regard. It took me a solid 30 to 40 minutes, running through the Arroyo, to find the road again. Some native was driving down the road when I stumbled out from the side, and he picked me up, gave me a ride to the casino that had a gas station, and when I filled up, he offered to give me a ride back to my car. He could tell that I was shaken up, and I could sort of sense that he didn't want to broach the subject, but sort of felt as if he should. So... He asked me if I was all right. I didn't want to go into too much, but I sort of explained a few of the details. But only a few, for fear of sounding like an absolute whack job. After what I told him, his silence is what unnerved me the most. He either thought I was nuts, or he straight up did not want to talk about it. Eventually, that hum, he said, yeah, It makes me sick, too. I filled up my tank. I went to work. I apologized for being late, and I explained what had happened. Nobody on my job site wanted to speak of it. Fast forward about a week or so. My sister woke me up asking if I could sweep the front walkway because she was too grossed out. I didn't know what to infer, but I love my little sister and I'd do anything she asked. I suppose I wish she had told me that it was just ridden with dead lizards, just laying on their backs, the bluish, gross veins exposed upon their bellies, and ants upon ants, just completely devouring them. It was, at best, disturbing. So I got the push broom, and I pushed them off the walkway, and then that's where the hum began again. And I just sort of fell to my knees, I couldn't stop feeling nauseous and began vomiting a bit. My sister and I have always kept this from my ma because I don't know how she would react. I do not know what happens out there in that strange part of New Mexico, but I will say this. If you ever stumble across tiny dead animals, like a pile of them, just out in the middle of the desert, just leave it be. And if you hear the hum, never, ever return. I'm a student filmmaker, and I have been for about seven years. About two years ago, we were scouting locations for a The Road-inspired short film. One of these locations was an abandoned motel. It used to be next to the main highway, but business dried up in the 80s when the new interstate was built 40 miles away. The place had a real fall-from-grandeur feel to it. The owners left it behind in the late 80s, and it's been untouched apart from one of the buildings being used to store some mechanical stuff in the 90s. The building that didn't get used in the 90s was completely falling apart. Practically no walls were completely intact, and the roof was falling in in most places. The other building was in relatively good shape, 
No holes in the ceiling, only one entrance that was difficult to get through. It had all the internal walls removed and only a few small individual rooms within the building. Completely dark and lots of places to hide. Once we squeezed through the entrance, we yelled out but didn't hear any response. We went about taking footage inside to refer to later, just wandering around the place. Tucked into a corner was a filthy mattress with some blankets thrown over it. I saw this and assumed some drifter had been through a while ago. That was, until I looked into a trash can near the mattress. Inside the trash can was some food waste, including an apple core. That didn't seem too weird to me, until I realized the apple core hadn't even turned brown yet. I felt my heart drop and I froze for a second. I yelled out to my friends, Guys, I don't think we're alone in here. As soon as I finished speaking, we heard a large metal crash from one of the more hidden areas and heard footsteps running towards us. I shined my flashlight in their general direction on my way out but the sunlight was really bright and blinded me for a second, so I couldn't see anything. All I know is whoever was in there didn't follow us out. We didn't stick around long enough to give them a chance to change their mind. I swear to you, I've never felt such dread as when I saw that apple core. Footage of this still might exist. If we find it, I'll post it. I grew up and lived in the same house since I was three years old, and I only moved to a new house about a year ago. A few creepy things happened in the years I lived there, and here I'll share a few of them. When I was in elementary school, there was a bump under the carpet where my closet doors used to be. I asked my parents about it and they told me it was probably just warped wood, but I was convinced it was a dead body. Nobody could tell me otherwise. Ever since I could remember, I'd felt pressure on the foot of my bed before I'd fall asleep. The same sensation as someone walking or standing on your bed while you're lying in it. I chalked it up to an overactive imagination. But ever since my family moved to this new house and I moved into my college dorms, I have not experienced the same sensation. When I was in middle school, I was getting ready for bed as usual. The way our old house was set up was a stairway leading to the balcony, looking over the living room, and a long hallway leading to the only three bedrooms and a bathroom in the middle. I was walking toward the bathroom by the balcony. I turned and I saw a large, dark shadow jump from the balcony. I ran to the edge and looked down thinking it was my brother or my dad. Nothing was at the bottom, and my dad walked out of his room and asked me what I was doing. I replied with a shocked, nothing. Maybe a year or two later, I was sitting in bed late at night, texting my friends as preteens do. My bed was a twin size with a molded metal frame 
and these wooden boards on the bottom to hold the mattress. I felt someone push up hard on the wooden boards and the mattress. I heard the boards impact on the metal frame. This scared the absolute crap out of me. It took me about ten minutes to get the courage to look under my bed, rationalizing it as a prank my older brother was playing on me. When I looked under, nothing was there. I kept the lights on that night. One weekend night in Idaho, my boyfriend at the time and I went to a show in Boise. It was one of my first times driving to Boise, so on our way home late at night, we got lost. We had no idea where we were, so I decided to try and turn around and backtrack. We were at a four-way stoplight and turned left into an area that looked like a good spot, but it brought us to this weird gated community with nowhere to turn around. So I kept driving, thinking, I'll just come right out on the other side of this community. The whole thing was really strange, and just got stranger and stranger as we drove straight through. The first thing we noticed right away, there were literally no lights on, anywhere. Not one house light or street light. It was pitch black aside from my headlights. The trees kept getting thicker until we couldn't even see the sky. It was dead silent and still. It wasn't even late yet, like 12 or 1 a.m. As we kept going, I noticed something up ahead. It was a large body on the left side, almost in the middle of this small road. As we got closer and closer to this body, I realized what it was. It's some type of animal standing over another body on the ground. We start kind of freaking out because we have to drive right by this scene to get through. We couldn't turn around because the road was so small. So knowing that passing is our only option, I continue, even slower this time. We told ourselves, oh, it's just a mother nature, you know, circle of life. We're okay. I continue to drive towards it. And I start shaking because as we get near it, we could see that it was actually huge, with very tall legs. We are freaking out, but I'm trying to be brave as the driver. I have our lives in our hands, I think to myself. So I still continue towards this very, very large animal. As we get closer, I roll my window up. That's how close we are to this animal. I could almost reach out and pet it. I can still picture what happened next. That image will never leave my mind. The animal was even bigger than we thought. Way bigger than a man and taller than a car. And I was staring. I couldn't look away and my eyes wide as hell because they can't even believe what they saw next. Right as I'm next to it, it lifts its head up from this other body. And I swear to you, with so, so, so much thick liquid dripping off of its face and mouth. Pretty sure it was blood, but it was so dark, it just looked like dark, thick liquid. 
and it smiles at me with all of its bloody, sharp teeth, grinning, and his eyes were glowing bright white. And like I said, there were no lights anywhere. My headlights were not even the reason for his eyes to be reflecting like that. I don't even remember how we got home. I don't remember much after that. But I know it was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. And though we got home safely, I still have nightmares of that thing. This is something that happened to me and two friends about 14 to 16 months ago. I've got a short account, and I don't know if it qualifies since I didn't see it, but someone I was with did. So here goes. Two of my friends, who are a married couple, and I, were walking on my family's land. It's about 170 acres and heavily wooded, with both pines and hardwoods, and heavily trailed. It was dark, but my friends wanted me to take them out to the walking trails. A couple of neighbors' dogs followed us, a coonhound, and a great Pyrenees, and we walked south, then east to my camping area. We were hanging out at my camping spot, when behind us, further back in the trail that we had come down, the dogs started acting strange. We were looking back, and they came out of the woods to our left, and stood on the trail, the Great Pyrenees started growling, real low, and looking defensive. The coonhound is a goofball, but he was also acting disturbed about something. They were both looking back down the trail to the west. I immediately got quite a strange and serious feeling. It was a bit ominous. I've learned to trust my gut, which I recommend to anybody in the woods, or if you're around a person or animal that you feel instinctually is threatening. Anyways, I said to my friends, we better get back to the house. And to get my point across, I sort of grimly added, now. Well, we were heading west on the trail, and the dogs, if I remember correctly, had vacated the area. While walking, I looked back and saw my one friend, the wife, looking into the woods, off the trail, and she staggered back a few steps. Her husband and I asked her what was wrong as she stared down the same area the dogs had previously been growling at. She said, I'll tell you when we get back. I don't want to scare Dan. He's kind of easily spooked. So we got back, and we asked her what she saw. She tells us that she felt she needed to look off the trail into the trees. We all had headlamps on, and she said she saw something halfway behind a tree, looking at her. She said it was pale, whitish, with an oval kind of shaped head, looked like it was crouching, with long limbs. She kept stressing how skinny it was, particularly the limbs. She said it had a surprised look on its face, like it didn't expect us to be there. Myself and friends and relatives use the trails regularly, but not at night. She said that the thing was bobbing back and forth in kind of a creepy way, 
like moving its head behind the tree and then swaying its head and shoulders back rhythmically to look at her. She said it didn't appear to be aggressive at that moment, but looked scary. I pulled up the famous trail cam pic of the rake, or whatever it is, and she got a shocked look on her face and nodded, yes. However, she made it clear that it wasn't exactly the same. The next night, I was on the back porch and heard a freaky, very, very shrill scream come from the woods. I don't know if the two were related, but I've lived in the country for most of my life, and I've never heard anything like it. This is in North Alabama, by the way, and this is one of multiple things that have happened around here. But this is the only one that I know of involving this creature. preface this by saying that I grew up in a very spiritual family. My mom especially had tons of stories about ghosts and spirits that she'd encountered in her life. When I was around seven years old, my family moved into a new house. From the get-go, my mom said there was a spirit in the house, but she was friendly. It was a little old lady called Elsie. If you looked up our address online, it said that the previous tenant was named Elsie. Mom was never afraid and was adamant that Elsie was looking out for her as my mom was diagnosed with cancer a few months after the move. On nights where my stepdad had gone out for drinks with his friends and all of us children were asleep, Mom would see a shadow pause by her doorframe before disappearing, almost as if Elsie was looking in to check on her. I remember a specific time where my family went on holiday and my uncle was house-sitting as we had two dogs. He called my mom in obvious panic, claiming that there was a little old woman at the top of the stairs calling his name. My mom very calmly told him that it was just Elsie. She was harmless, but if he was really worried to carry one of my mom's crystals in his pocket and politely ask Elsie to leave him alone. As far as I'm aware, he wasn't bothered by her again. My mom had a photo of her grandfather displayed on our landing and told us that if we ever lost anything, we just needed to go to the photograph and ask great-granddad for help finding the missing item. It didn't matter if you'd been searching for your lost item for days. Without fail, asking great-granddad would always result in you finding the thing in the next half hour, even if you'd already looked everywhere. My mom died of cancer in 2011, when I was just 13. Since then, I've felt her presence around me in many different situations. I never see her, but I felt her sitting on the end of my bed to watch over me whenever I'm sick, just like she would do when she was alive and I was unwell as a child. I don't think this counts as a ghost story, but she leaves me feathers and other signs when I need a little encouragement. On the day of my graduation from university, 
I was upset as she was missing a day she'd always said she was massively looking forward to. As I walked out of the ceremony, a feather landed on top of my graduation cap. If I'm upset, or sometimes just talking about her, lights will flicker and sometimes blow out entirely. As far as actual ghostly sightings go, my current house is haunted by a ghost that we've called Clive. I've read somewhere that you shouldn't name ghosts as you give them more power, but Clive was a joke name that stuck. Since moving in, myself and my sisters have all heard footsteps from empty rooms. My youngest sister has had more than one friend stay over, who has woken up in the middle of the night and been adamant that a tall man has been standing in a corner, staring at them. Whenever this has happened, I should explain that we haven't mentioned anything about Clive to these people. I'm the only person who lives here that's seen Clive with my own eyes. On two occasions, I've woken up to someone calling my name and seen a tall man walking from one end of my bedroom to the other before disappearing. On another occasion, I was sitting in my back garden having a cigarette. Our back door is glass and you can see through the living room, down the hallway, all the way to the front door. The door to the kitchen is in this hallway. I was looking into the house and I saw a tall man walk from the bottom of the stairs, through the hallway, and into the kitchen. I assumed it was my then boyfriend, so when I finished my cigarette, I went to the kitchen, expecting to see him there, but it was empty. My boyfriend was in my bedroom upstairs and was adamant that he'd been there the whole time and hadn't come downstairs. Luckily, I've never felt afraid or uncomfortable when it comes to Clive, but I have had to ask spirits to leave a couple of times, as they can scare my cat. it appears we've reached the end of tonight's episode, but be sure to join me every Friday night for more true scary stories. A huge thank you to everyone who shared their stories and to all of you for listening. Remember, if you have stories like these, I'd love to share them. Send them to me, amandadarkesthour at gmail.com. And if you love The Darkest Hour and you never want it to end, be sure to hit that subscribe button and tap the notification bell. Also, check out our subreddit and follow The Darkest Hour on Instagram at The Darkest Hour YT. Stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>